Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 33 of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined again by Ben Husong. Mr. Husong, congratulations on your Buffalo Bills. Feeling good. You should. It was I, a good game. It was. That was that was a good one. Uh, huge, huge win for the defense. I think the defense needed a game like that where the offense really never showed up, but it didn't matter. They still managed to pull down the W. Yeah, so good weekend, good live action of uh the uh, NFL, uh, we had some crazy NBA stuff going on. Uh, we got some presidential stuff going on, uh, all stuff that we're going to cover today. Uh, we got some lawsuits won by some small businesses, so uh, they punch back, I've heard is the term that they should use um, as they uh, take on New York State. Um, but let's get back into uh, football, um, unless uh, you have some uh, weekend uh, highlights that you'd like to share with the audience, other than the Bills' victory. I made my first ever barn style door this weekend. Wow, you're like Mr. Fix It. I'm telling you. I don't I've just I in reality it's because I framed out a wall and then I put drywall on it and then I bought a door and then it's when I realized that I had mismeasured and I was off by an inch. In case you're wondering, you cannot fit a pre fit door into a gap that is an inch too small. It will not go no matter how many times you hit it with a hammer. Hmm. So I gave up and I just said well, it looks like well, I'm not taking the wall down, so I think we're doing a barn style door. So did that. My uh, my son and my daughter helped me. We uh, we got it all done and painted. It came out pretty good. It's a fun project. If you're looking for something to do with your kids, by the way, it's a, it's not terribly difficult and it is a good time. Nice. Yeah. So that was my exciting. News so maybe we should have done like a we should have done a, a, a at Ben's house home video uh, to like fix it. Kinda. I can do that. Like, uh, I got okay. more projects. Future. I, I'm telling you what. I got a lot going on right now. We're, we're trying to turn my basement into an in law suite for my parents. So when they come visit, Noble they cause. can stay for a few weeks at a time. And I feel like I'm way more capable than I am in reality. So I'm like, I got it. No problem. Let's do this. Fake it till you make it. I'm getting better at it, though. That I can give myself that much. I'm still not you know, like good, but I have gotten better. So it's, it's a big improvement. But on to football. Well, so real quickly, yeah. only because the, only the people that, uh, who are watching us right now can actually see what we're wearing. Oh, I'm sorry. So who should we be giving thanks to the, uh, the wardrobe? The, uh, uh, Our first merch? Yeah, something. Yeah, we got our first T-shirts for sports clicks and politics. Uh, big thank you to Raspberry Tees out of Camillus, New York. They do a wonderful job. Great pickup. Timely on orders. They do everything wonderful. You can find them on Facebook. I mean, if if I'm being completely honest, I might be a little biased since my wife is one of the owners of the company. But still, it doesn't change the fact, like, this is a good-looking T-shirt. And I'm not a terribly good-looking guy, so if it looks good on me, imagine how it'll look on you. Yeah. Nice. Well, we thank uh, Raspberry Teas. You said it is? Raspberry Teas. I like it. So thank you very much. All right, so let's talk football. Hit it. So we had four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, I'll just go right in chronological order, I guess. Chronological is a good way to do it. Uh, Packers kind of beat up on the Rams, I felt like. Um, not shocking. No. Um, you know, I, I anything Devontae Adams does is not shocking to me because I've watched him just win one-on-one matchups all time, but... You always wonder, right? So there's a couple guys in the league where you're like, okay, let's see if he's going to be able to go up against Jalen Ramsey. He did, and like I said, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you have maybe the most accurate thrower of the football in the history of the game throwing to you. So uh, you, don't, you don't have to be that open to actually be open uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. But again, I, you know, it goes to show maybe that th- this game, you know, when the, the best offensive player, <clears throat> arguably maybe against the best one of the best cover guys, in the the offensive wins, I think the rules are set up for that, which is fun. I'm not. This is not a, a knock on those rules. It just goes to show that when you have a better offensive player, I think they can always beat the better defensive player in a one on one situation. I won't say always, but I'll say more often than not. Yeah. I would say more often I put the money on the better offensive player, just because that is the way the league has gone, and it's it's not a bad thing. I don't think at all. And there are some great cover corners in this league, but it's not like it's a secret that the chips are stacked against them. You're going to yeah. get I mean, half the time you're slinging a ball down the field. You're like, maybe we'll get a pass interference. Maybe yeah. I catch it. Of it, That's what you're going for. So it's, it's fine. And like I said, I, I think that there's not probably not a defense that's going to be able to stop Rodgers to Adams. If they want to throw, you know, they can pepper him 15 times a game. He's going to get his catches. 
again, Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback I think I've ever seen. So those other guys don't have to be that good to be open um, when, when he's your quarterback. I, I kind of expected the, the Packers to win that game. Um, it turned out kind of, I guess, what everybody else had thought. I can't remember what the line was, but... Um, I don't know, it was thirty-two to eighteen. I think was the final. So, yeah, I mean, it was closer uh, than it looked. Yeah. there was a late score by the Packers to pull away, and that was it. And the Rams played well. It just it was they weren't as good as the Packers. And I think we we accepted or expected that rather. We always acknowledged that. Hey, listen, the Rams' defense is legitimately good, legitimately good, Very and good. they and they can do yeah, maybe if the they have the league. game. If they, it's not impossible. But the smart money would have been on the Packers the whole time. Yeah, especially with, with Donald banged up. Like, if, if he yeah. was, you know, it's, you know, who knows how much the ribs play a role, but they got to play a role. And he's just mm-hmm. a beast when he's healthy. So um, so we get the Packers in, in the first game. Um, then we get your Bills, right? And my Bills. All right, so let's break down the Bills. Um, I think there was kind of billed as two young, uh, high-powered quarterbacks, uh, but it turned into a defensive battle. For sure. You know, I again, you, you tipped it off at the top of the show that the, the Bills' defense basically held him to a field goal. What are the odds that Tucker misses two field goals? That probably hasn't happened in his whole life. Hit the post on both. Legitimately, he's the best kicker of all time. Yeah, he hit like, the post not on even both. Close. Not yeah. even like he missed it by a lot. He hit the post both times. Yeah. It was just that close. Um, I think it turned into all credit to Leslie Frazier. They had a fantastic game plan for stopping Lamar Jackson. Uh, they were frustrating him. I think they held him to about three yards a carry, which is unheard of. Uh, they did a, they have very, they have the right linebackers to do that between Matt Milano and, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. They are very fast. They get side to side easily. And then they game planned around that. So they, they did a great job. Uh, the offense really didn't do much of anything during this game. I, I mean, it was, it was sort of frustrating, but it was good to see it happen. I mean, it was good to see the defense step up, get the pick six, turn it around, uh, and really take the game over and win it. The, the defense won that game. There's no getting around that. And Stephon Diggs is just on a different level right now of, of how often he is open and how often he is catching balls. Yeah, he's awesome. Like I said, he's another guy who could just get open. And like I said, I'm not sure that Allen is as accurate as Rodgers by any means, but he's he's definitely <laughs> he can, not. He can, he, can, he can throw it so hard that sometimes he can just get it there fast enough or it doesn't matter that it's you know a, a, a foot the wrong way. It's just... The defense doesn't have time to react. So, right. but th- that combination with Diggs is great. Like I said, he's. I think I mentioned this before to you, at least. I don't know if I mentioned it here on here, but I heard um, Mike Wallace, who was a former Steeler receiver when he was with Minnesota, basically compare Stefan Diggs his rookie year to Antonio Brown and the way he prepares and the way he route runs, and it it looks like a little Antonio Brown to me. So, <laughs> um, not, not, no, 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 slight to Diggs. I mean, he's unbelievable. But that's it's just unreal. He, he just you know Brown came first. So I'm just saying Diggs yeah. seems to have. He's in that mold anyway, where he's unbelievably hard to cover. Like he, you know, he he's not going to be that. He he's not going to win at the ball sometimes because he's not as big as some of the guys, sure. like you know Mike Evans and, and and Adams specifically. But he is open, and he's so smart in his route running. Like he said, he knows how to find the spot in the zone where if they're playing it, like he gets open and he's great. You know, in the in five to ten yard bursts, he's unbelievably quick. He gets open, and like I said, he yeah. makes people miss. So. Again, so wasn't much of an offensive uh, uh, output in that game. But two defenses. There's two other, like, all due credit uh, around the board here is Stephon Diggs was, was just out of the world. And number two is the Bills fans. Bills, Bills fans are definitely the best fans in the world. It's, it's not close. Like, I don't know if anybody saw this, but after uh, Lamar Jackson got hurt and he had to come out of the game, and a lot of us were wondering what happened to Robert Griffin because I could have sworn Robert Griffin was the backup to Lamar Jackson. Turns out he's not. Who knew? Um, but the Bills Mafia decided to donate money to Lamar Jackson's favorite charity. In like 24 hours, they raised $300,000 for this guy's charity because he got hurt in the game. Like, who, who yeah. does this? Yeah. Bills Mafia. I know. This is nuts. So... Anything else to pick on that? That that kind of wraps up our the Saturday games. We get the Packers in in the first game. We get the Bills in the second game. We move to Sunday. We get the uh, what's the other AFC Browns, uh, Chiefs. Uh, Browns Chiefs, where we had probably I mean Chiefs won, you know survived. I would say uh, the Browns played very good, um, but the biggest news out of there was Patrick Mahomes left the game with a concussion and didn't return. I heard reporting on the sideline that he wanted to go back into the game but could not keep his balance. So 
the biggest question mark left in the playoffs is whether or not Mahomes is one hit away from exiting these playoffs altogether or if he's going to play next week at all. So I don't think we're we're not going to know that for days. Um, But his absence from the Chiefs does not make, I mean, they're not, they're no longer the favorite to win anything. So I would agree with that. um, Nothing against Chad Henney. Right. Well, I mean, no, it's all against Chad Henney actually. (laughs) So, I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. um, That's fair. But, I mean, as a Bills fan, I, you know, the adage is, you know, you want to beat the players who got you there and beat the best and whatever, whatever. But, I mean, going against Chad Henney seems quite attractive proposition, no? I, it does. I mean, obviously, you never want to cheer for a guy to get hurt. But it's the same He's time. already hurt, though, so you don't have to cheer right, for him, right? right. <laughs> I, you know, I want to throw on that super concerned voice, be like, hey, I just want to make sure he's okay. Concussions are no joke. You don't want to rush back. Take your time, Patrick. You're young. You got your career. At the same time, look, I, I don't know, honestly, if it's a – the other part of that fact is that the Bills' run defense is not great, and if Chad Henney's in there, then the Chiefs are probably going to do nothing but run the ball the same way they did the first time the Chiefs played the Bills earlier this year. They just ran the ball down their throats all game. Uh, can they still beat him with Chad Henney? Yes, they can. Uh, and then if you're a Bills fan, that would be way more maddening to lose to Chad Henney and the Chiefs as opposed to Patrick Mahomes. But either way, look, I think the Bills have a very good shot at this. I think that depending on Patrick Mahomes, they are either a slight favorite or a slight underdog. I don't think the, the line goes to eight if it's Chad Henney. I think the line goes from like a four-point advantage for the Chiefs to maybe a three-point advantage for the, the Bills without Mahomes. So it's a touchdown swing, but it's still a very good team, and there's still a lot of weapons. And Chad Henney did still put that away. I mean, he played oh, he, almost yeah. the entire second half. And the Browns had opportunities to stop him, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, no, he he played. You know, he said he played exactly what you would expect out of a backup quarterback, or you would want out of a backup quarterback. Right. Don't lose the game. You know, make a play here or there just to kind of keep a drive alive. And he did all that. And like I said, they had a lead, so they could play a little bit differently sure. than they needed to, um, which would be different. I'm assuming that if the Bills got up, you know, seventeen three in the middle of the second quarter, and Chad Henney was forced to uh, drop back twenty five times for the rest of the game, that would be you know harder. So, something. I think the Bills fans would 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 want. I assume he plays. You know, that's just me. I guess I don't know. Like you know, there's. I don't think there's any way for us to really know the medical condition of Patrick Mahomes. So no. let's assume that he's playing. I assume he's playing. I think the Bills can still win the game. I don't think it's like I, I think they're the underdog. Sure. Um, but I've seen, you know, like the 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 Chiefs' defense can be can be scored on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have some some players there, but they're 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 mostly going to outscore you. So and listen, I, the Bills have offensive players galore so they might not have the the cream of the crop that the, the Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey offer but Diggs is right there and the rest of the team the rest of the the, the arsenal that that Josh Allen has I think is might be better than what he has we'll also see what happens with the Chiefs running back you mentioned their running attack they didn't have their rookie running back this week um he was Edwards kind of like a, yeah he kind of was there I don't like saying hyphenated names so I just skip over him the it's um, a really weird thing yeah okay I mean, I'm assuming that he there's a reason for it. I'm sure it's very sentimental. But anyway, the what? I love you. <laughs> um, it's a weird thing. It's a weird line of drawing. It is. It's the uh, I don't know. Sorry, but the running. I don't think the running attack is anywhere near as efficient as it was at the middle of the season either. So right. that one thing that you talk about, where the the Bills might be vulnerable, might not be all that strong coming from the Chiefs. So again, there's plenty of pass for the Bills to win this game. Um, you know, all eyes will be on the quarterback and see if if Mahomes actually plays here. But I think, I mean, I I can't wait for this game. I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for it too. Even if I wasn't a Bills fan, I would be excited for this matchup. Like this, yeah, this, this should be a fun football game to watch. And I, I think the Bills' defense is a little better than the Chiefs' or than the Chiefs' defense, but the Chiefs' offense is a little better than the Bills' offense. So it's. It's right there. I mean, yeah. it's it's a great matchup all the way around. I think it's it's exciting. It's fun. I'm going to call it Roberts' kickoff return for a touchdown. It's going to be the 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 deciding the deciding thing. I love it's it. The special teams. I hope so. I feel like he should get he should get one. God bless that. He, dude. he, he looks like good. he's ready to break one almost all the time. I know. I like. I love that they just give him free that, license to run the ball. Sp- speaking of that, did you see this? Go to the game four that we didn't talk about yet. Yeah. The Bucks Saints. See the the Saints return guy gets basically the opening kickoff returns are like I don't know something like 75 yards. Then he gets a punt return. He returns after a touchdown. He calls back. Then he gets hurt. But, ouch! The dude, I don't think they could tackle him. That's probably the best <laughs> thing that happened for the Bucks was that dude went out. So, last game of the of the weekend, oh. the uh, two first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Drew Brees, yeah. um, Tom Brady, 
Bucks Saints uh, thirty to twenty, I think was the final. Bucks uh, get a ten point victory. It looked like they were committed to running the ball for majority of that game, um, which kind of slowed down. I think the Saints defense is pretty good, and I think that them being able to run the ball with some success early on kind of eliminated um, some of the uh, I don't know potential big play out of the out of the Saints defense. But uh, another uh, victory for Tom Brady, uh, another uh, record performance uh, i don't know he everything he does in the playoffs is just adding to one of his records so yeah um any thoughts on uh your boy tom brady i mean god i don't I, he's not my boy <laughs> all the respect in the world for the guy <laughs> i can't stand him uh i felt awful about this game because my uh my middle son is actually a diehard saints fan loves drew Brees, his favorite player ever and he, like, he he cried obviously when they when it was obvious they were going to lose. Is he he's very passionate about football. He's super into it. Um, and it was it was sad to watch. And here's the reality: you can't turn the ball over four times. You just can't. Like if you turn up, if you lose the turnover battle four to zero, you're not going to win a game. Um, so I I don't think that they played terribly bad. I think it was, you know, one interception went off a guy's hands. Another was a miscommunication with Alvin Kamara. It doesn't normally happen. It just it did this game. And that's the thing about when you go against Tom Brady in the playoffs, you're not going to have that room for error because he's not going to make those mistakes. Um, So you need to be on that level, and you need to go out and and throw the knockout punch at some point. But they beat themselves. I I think that was the really sad part about it was you didn't need that that stuff to happen. So I... Like I still think there's a part of me that would love the idea of the Bills beating the Chiefs and the Buccaneers beating the uh, the Packers next week, and then like the Bills gotta beat you Tom Brady. Want, do you really want that? No, but I love the story. Like I do, I love that storyline of that would be amazing and it would be wonderful and everything else. Um, is it realistic? I don't know. I mean, it's not an impossibility. Who would I, who would you rather play in the than the Super no, Bowl? I don't like, know. Like I said, I mean, to me. All the matchups are great, right? I mean, I, there, yeah. there's really four great teams left. They all have a storyline. There's, there's, there's something to write or talk about and, 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 and kind of, you know, dive into uh, with all these matchups, whatever way you want to pick them. So, I mean, listen, I'm, I guess I'm rooting for the Bills in large part because, I don't know, you're right here, buddy. Yeah, here. right. So, um, I don't really have rooting interest in the NFC. I think the Packers are the better team. Um but the Packers can be run on. So if the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to commit to running again, they, I mean, they have two viable, capable running backs and uh, and offensive, you know, aerial uh, weapons to, to to play action off of. So I I think there's a path for the Bucks to win for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Packers Bills. Okay, I like the Bills. Do you? Yeah, I'm I- sorry. That's okay. I listen. I have. I, I mean, have you no hated idea. me in like week three when I said I think the Bills are a playoff team, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> yeah, I know. I was wrong. My bad. <laughs> I don't think you were wrong. You were just didn't want you. You had been scarred. You have scar tissue. Yeah, that's a what lot. It is. A yes. lot for sure. <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of scar tissue. So it's an interesting point that a buddy of mine brought up to me yesterday. Last night he sent me a text. Me and one other guy. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Is Tom Brady the worst quarterback remaining in the playoffs right now? We're we're not counting Chad Henney, right? Obviously, no, okay, not good. Chad um, it's a hard. Like, I wrote back, no, but just don't ask me to who who is worse because I don't have an answer. So, I mean, it's listen to me. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback. If, if he's healthy, he's doing he's, stuff he's, nobody he's, else. Can he, do. Right, he's the best. Yeah. And then I think it's Aaron Rodgers, sure, in large part because I've just never seen the ball thrown like that dude throws the ball. Um, and so now you're, you're dealing with two, two totally separate, like, you know, entities within Josh Allen and Tom Brady of who is better or worse. Right. Um, yes, he's the worst. <laughs> it's a hard, it's but a, I mean, you know, we're, we're you're splitting hairs. Yeah. Right. If that, so. And you're not um, like Tom Brady in his prime is better than Josh Allen. Is right, right. No, now. right. No, I'm talking about right year old now. Tom right, Brady exactly is more right. of a debatable question. Right. And the only reason I say that is it's just because of Josh Allen's legs, right? right? So like he can he can he can do a couple other things that Tom Brady just can't do, 
after a play breaks down, you know, Tom Brady just goes to the ground and like a sack of potatoes to try to avoid getting hurt. And Josh Allen is trying to, you know, jump over four guys. So <laughs> did you see his, his dive in the, uh, the Ravens game though, where the defensive lineman, like two hands shoved oh, yeah. him and he flailed his arms in the air yeah. and fell back. I mean, he probably didn't even need to do that. He would have got the penalty anyway, <laughs> but that's so, listen, I was, it's so funny when dudes that are six, five, six, six built like him are like, Oh my God, I yeah. fell down. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, you that, didn't. Thanks, soccer, for that. Yeah, right. It's it bled. worked. He got the penalty. No, it's bled out to the NBA, and here we are. So, yeah. Um, but all in all, like a great, great week of football. For um, sure. I expect two really, really good games this upcoming weekend. Um, but we got the uh, three o'clock and six forty. Yeah, three o five and six forty. So we get the uh, NFC first. Mm-hmm. Um, Buccaneers and Packers at Lambeau, and then we get the Bills traveling to Arrowhead for. Uh, the uh, AFC championship against the Chiefs. So obviously we'll be paying attention to whether or not Mahomes plays. That's going to be the driving, you know, the whole the storyline for this right. whole game. So um, hopefully he plays and hopefully we have a good game. Um, anything else about the NFL weekend you want to talk about? Nah. Oh, yeah, Browns. Run the ball more next year. My God. They're, they run the ball. Not in the first half. Well. That's like they forgot. Also, the NFL should change that rule about the fumble into the end zone going out and it being a turnover and a touchback. That's way too harsh. Yeah. That's way too harsh. Yeah, so those guys talking about that in the uh, halftime show, I think it was. I don't know if it was Sims or, I don't know, one of the guys. Oh, maybe it was Cower who brought up the idea that maybe they just go back to the 20 and keep the ball. That would still be a 20-yard penalty. Right. Right. And uh, I'm on board with that. I mean, it's been that way forever. It's not like this is some new thing. I mean, this has happened. You just never think about it. It was amazing. uh, The Super Bowl, the Bills against the Cowboys, where they just got smoked. But Leon Lett picked up a fumble, started running in, and he started, like, high-stepping. Don and Beebe. he held the ball, and Don Beebe chased him down, and just before he got in, shoved the ball out of his hand through the back of the end zone. It was a touchback. Nobody remembers that play because that game was a shellacking. Yeah. Leon, Lett, Leon Lett remembers that play. Leon Lett does remember that play. That's that's probably true. But you know what? Leon Lett still got two Super Bowl rings, so he doesn't care. No. Um, so let's quickly shift to the NBA for a second here. Just I know this is not your thing, Ben, but I, I've been telling you Big how NBA the guy. crazy – how the, the COVID has basically – running havoc over the season right now. Um, most of them have happened in mid January, but there's been something like, I don't know, 14 games that have been postponed. I'm not, I'm assuming they're going to try to reschedule and make those up. I don't know if they are or not. Like I, I, there might not be enough time in the schedule to actually do that. So those must be games lost, but there's been this and it's picking up speed where a player will be either in contact with somebody who or close contact with somebody who is positive or test positive themselves. And basically anybody who is within that person or within that, you know, proximity of that person is being basically self-isolating or self-quarantining and they're causing. So in the NBA real quick, you have to have at least eight players to play a game. Like that's by rule. You got to have eight players. There has been at least a dozen or so games where there's been so many players who are out because of contact tracing that they don't have enough to field eight players out of 15 that they have on the roster or whatever it is. So, right. So there's these, you know, and you're getting in in the one, and some of these are, are there's been probably another 10 or 12 games where they've played with the bare minimum of eight or nine players. And they're the ugliest basketball games you could possibly imagine, right? You got a bunch of guys who were never expected to play more than backup, you know, garbage minutes who are playing 30 minutes a game. So you're getting all these games where, you know, and again, I, I'm coming at this only because I pay attention to the NBA uh, through fantasy. You're getting a bunch of players that nobody knows. These coaches, you know, didn't have a have a have a preseason to coach any of these guys, and they're just basically throwing into the NBA games, being like, "Here you go, here, <laughs> figure it out." Um, and so some of these games are are you know terrible blowouts. Um, you know, you, I, you're, you're, you as a coach, I guess you're treating some of these games as as just a a, a backup preseason. You're like, okay, well, let's figure out what we do have out of some of these guys. Sure. Um, but I, it seems like the, they have a problem, um, the NBA that is, and I, I'm worried that the season is going to either get shut down temporarily or permanently is, is the worst case scenario. Um, I don't know. It's just something that has really picked up a lot of speed. A lot of these postponements have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think the first one was like just before Christmas, but then there's been, again, like another 10 or 12 of them the last, I don't know, three or four days here, maybe like last, last week. So something I'm paying attention to um, other NBA things. And, and real quick, back, most of them are not positive test results. They're, they're contact tracing. So these people are not necessarily sick. They're just 
isolating because that's what the rules say. Um, so I don't know if that means they need to adjust some of these rules, uh, get better at testing or, or what, but there's, there seems to be a problem bubbling here with the NBA schedule and I, I, it doesn't seem like there's a way out right now. Uh, are they doing lateral flow testing or PCR testing or both? That, that I, I've tried to ascertain that by reading some of the stuff. It seems as though they're doing PCR testing because PCR so, testing because sometimes they're not they're not knowing right away, right? So like yeah. the test is here. If they're doing that, they know in fifteen minutes if they're doing the rapid test. Um, so it seems as though they're doing the PCR test. I you know I gotta assume these NBA doctors at least one out of these thirty whatever teams one of these guys knows about PCR, right? So like it, it, I don't think the NBA is oblivious. I don't think the NFL is oblivious when they're doing these testings. I mean, I think they're trying to be thorough and, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be using PCR. They should just be backing that up with additional testing to know whether or not they're actually sick or not. Right. So we've talked about yep. this. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know if I was an NBA fan and one you of these are. teams, well, I am, but I, if you, if you, if you're invested into this, like not more than I am, then I, I'd be scared that this, this seasons might not, that might get through. So um, we also had a huge uh, blockbuster trade in the NBA. Yeah, we did. That was exciting. I mean, so I've kind of been on the nets a little bit already because the healthy return of Kevin Durant and crazy man Kyrie Irving. Um, I love Kyrie Irving. I love him. Yeah, he's the best. Like, he's people, uh, so far off So I'll ask you a question. Oh, I love the dude. Like, you probably already answered it for me, but who would you rather have as a teammate, James Harden or Kyrie Irving? I mean, neither, but I love listening to Kyrie Irving talk about Well, listen, obviously, you could, you could, it's easy to laugh at, but at least this dude is so far open-minded about everything. He's like, hey, how do we know the earth's not flat? Right. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, well, let's, let's talk well, so about I, this. I don't know if you know this, but he has not played in a couple of weeks because he had a gigantic indoor party. Uh, he's been fined. I don't know. what like he, A maskless, like, he just had a party. Like, screw this, I'm out. And so, I've said this before. There's going to be more Kyrie's coming around. They're going to get a case of the Kyrie's. There's, I mean, these NBA players are. You just can't lock them down for for weeks and think that nothing. Like it's it's a recipe for disaster. So it's Kyrie is just season so long. And and Kyrie, like I said, I think Kyrie just knows that he can just be this, the the tip of the spear and be like, I'm going to do what I want, and because everybody already thinks I'm off the off my rails anyway. But I think he's going to open the door for other NBA players to do exactly the same thing. They're gonna they're just going to revolt eventually and be like, listen, this is all dumb. Um, I'm not, you know, they, right now they're, they're talking about going into, they, they won't allow hotel guests when they're on the road. It's amazing. Right? Like impo- it's impossible to patrol that. Like you could do it, but you don't think the players are going to try to figure out a way around it. You're crazy. So it's just setting up. It's it, the, the season is really crazy. But anyway, so, so Kyrie, now we get to add James Harden to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Now remember if we go, I don't know, two teams ago, James Harden and Kevin Durant played with each other at Oklahoma city when they, they had Michael Westbrook. Uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Sorry, Mike Westbrook was the receiver. Um, bad fantasy player. Um, Brian Westbrook was a great fantasy player. He was player. really he was excellent fantasy player. Um, but so, are the Nets better now? I think so. Their offense is obviously unbelievable if, with Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. I mean, basically any one of those three guys can win a game sure. against anybody. Um, they lose a lot of depth. Um, I think the Rockets, you know, it's kind of like a three-team trade where – uh, Harden went to the Nets. Yep. The Nets unloaded a bunch of players um, to the Rockets, and then Karis LeVert ended up with the uh, Indiana Pacers, and Victor Oladipo came back from the Pacers to the Rockets. But the Rockets ended up with, like, I don't know, something like eight draft picks. A lot. Uh, like, a lot. Like, they, they're, they're, they're loaded. And, like I said, I, I, you know, I, I, because I watch a lot of basketball, the, the Rockets have some players. Like, I, you know, John Wall looks really good. I mean, he came back, obviously, from two crazy injuries and missed a whole year, but he yeah. looks really good. I'm not as sold yet on DeMarcus Cousins, but in the limited time that he's played, he's looked really good. And their center kid that they, they signed away from uh, Detroit, uh, Christian Wood, has been unbelievable. I mean, he's, I mean, other than being a fantasy monster, the dude is almost on guard. I, I don't understand how this dude is on a sixth team either. Like, he signed some $41 million contract in the offseason. I don't know how he bounced around for so long and nobody thought that this guy could be where he is now. So um, he still feels like he's, you know, learning as to go, but he's a big, tall, like athletic center, uh, you know, kind of like the, I feel like what the centers of the NBA future are going to be. These guys can step out and hit three pointers and still, you know, mix it up down low. So 
Houston is set up for a while. Um, Agreed. It, it, they, they could be a team that, that you know, if they, if they can capitalize on this trade, I think they're the, I mean, listen, if the Nets win their championship, they did, they, they won the trade. All right? That's all, it. that's all they wanted to do. So, yep. um, but I think the Rockets got probably, you know, a mother load that they possibly could have imagined for that guy. I mean, not, not, not trying to dismiss how good Harden is. He's great. He's but, amazing. Um, they got a stash. They got a stash. It's a, similar to the Cowboys trade. Uh, years ago where they traded away i just blanked on his name herschel walker thank you herschel walker i was i had earl stuck in my head i was like his name is definitely not earl, earl campbell I couldn't, yeah earl, yes let's go with that that's what i was thinking uh where they traded with herschel walker and they built a dynasty and now listen i obviously they won the trade but same thing all you need if you're the nets is one championship and this is everybody says it's worth it yeah. you gotta win one you win one with these three. Now, listen, I think these three are... And they're, and they're, these three are together for at least three years, I believe. They're all under contract through 23, so... They got a shot. I mean, it, they are a legitimate threat to to take... And it's just so much talent on the floor at one time. That Like, that's crazy. I, I have somewhat of concerns on how do they mesh together. It's because they all seem to be a similar style. Well, they're all alphas, for sure. Yeah, right? they're all I mean, alpha. That's the right way of putting it. They are all the alphas, where yeah. it's not a... The team that's built around the shooter, the passer, the finisher, whatever else, it's it's three stars. Legitimate one A stars. Um that can work. It doesn't have to not work, sure. but it's certainly something you'd want to be concerned about. Um the other less talked about part of this trade, which I find sad and funny all at the same time, James Harden by moving from the state of Texas to the state of New York and into the city no less. Uh, out of his contract, just by moving those teams will cost him roughly $13.5 million in taxes. He, he wants a championship more than anything. Not to account for, like, property tax and the increase in other taxes. No, no, no. Just income tax between Texas and New York. It's going to cost him uh, roughly 10% of his overall contract, Greater uh, an increase of 10% in, in taxes. So that, that move just cost him $13 million. Before he less, even took a shot, that's less rain dance money. It is less rain dance money. For I mean, sure. We should invest in some strip clubs in New York City. You think they're? Can you do that? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know. We should do it. We I don't should think there's it too many publicly traded strip clubs. We should open one. <laughs> Screw that ice cream. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, that was great. I, you know, cr- crazy trade in the NBA. Um, and like I said, I, I, I do have. Some, yeah. No. It's you know it kind of. They're the team to beat now. Like I said, I, I can't – all the other teams in the East need to catch up. So, like, again, I, I, I'm not saying the trading's not over either. I'm like, who knows? If Kyrie is really that big of a pain in the ass, I could see them just jettisoning that dude, if, you know, if, if Durant lets him. So, um, who, who knows how this is all going to play out. But, I mean, if the Nets hold on to those three guys for a couple of years, they could – I mean, they're, they're set to, to win some games. They for can sure. go deep. So, yeah. Um, it'd be fun to see them and, you know, some of these, these Lakers teams, you know, with the, with the – just the amount of talent on the court. <laughs> it's like an all-star game. Right. Um, all right. So let's move away from sports. Uh, talk about, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Impeachment? Inauguration? Yeah, let's go to impeachment. Me- military not zone a lot to taking say over about the impeachment. Capitol? Okay, yeah. Let's well, just check it off the list. All right. So Trump won again. He leads the league in impeachments. Winning bigly. <laughs> Winning bigly. Best impeachments ever more than anybody else. Look at all I had to overcome. <laughs> He's a machine. He's going to win. This is the dumbest impeachment I've ever, I can ever think of. Like, they're not even going to vote on it in the Senate. It's never going to, nothing's going to come of this. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, we got to impeach. Outside of a few people I follow on Twitter, nobody is even discussing this. Like, nobody yeah. cares that he. Because they all impeached. know it's theater. Right. And that's the problem is everybody accepts that this is just nonsense. Of my family, who's not as into politics as I am, even mentioning it to them, like, wait, what happened? Oh yeah, I thought I did. Oh yeah, but didn't that, I thought it was the same thing? Like oh, okay, yeah. So you're not, you don't care at all. Like oh no, no. I was like okay. Um, same with friends, and even like my Facebook feed the day that it happened. Listen, I I have some very politically inclined friends on both sides of the aisle. I am normally inundated with with political stuff on Facebook. Pre-election, I am inundated with ads to donate to every candidate under the sun, which I think speaks to the diversity of opinions I get at least from different people that I follow. Um, not a peep. One person vote. One person posted saying like a champagne glass and a peach and a one hundred or whatever. And somebody else is like wrote up like it was a MAGA guy. I don't even know what he said, but it was like this is 
a farce or whatever it is. Literally one on each side, and that was all I saw on all social media for yeah. the day. Like, like I said, that was what I was saying. Like, okay, now what? And nobody cares because you know nothing. it's not going it's nothing. anywhere. It's nothing. And so, listen, let me just say this as well from a legal standpoint. I am technically a lawyer, but please don't count this as legal advice because I'm not a good lawyer. Um, the idea that your incitement of a riot that's the high crime or misdemeanor that you're charging him with for the grounds of impeachment. Because you need grounds. You can't just do, I don't like you, so you're impeached. There's got to be something, like a high crime or a misdemeanor that you're accusing the president of. It's not quite a criminal court, but there still needs to be something. In this case, it was incitement of a riot. Because he said, you got to fight like hell or you're not going to have a country anymore. And they said that was a direct incitement of a riot. I'm not telling you it's wrong. But, man, you guys are not going to like that standard when it comes back the other way because there's a lot of stuff out there about people on the left coming off after and saying, you know, get in the faces of these cabinet people and make them uncomfortable, let them know they're not welcome. Uh, Chris Cuomo famously saying, who says that protesters need to be peaceful, which is probably the dumbest question ever asked. And AOC stuff on... Um, you not you need to make people uncomfortable because that's how change is going to be when they had the Senate during the Kavanaugh hearings overrun with protesters on the other side of, look, if that's the only standard of, of this is incitement of a riot, you're going to have almost every politician who's ever supported a protest is going to end up having this. Yeah, they're going to cross that line. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, and this, this is the line we're drawing. This is the stupidest line to ever yeah, draw. Like, right. this is crazy. And I, I get that people don't like him, but this has been my thing on Trump all along of, he brings out the worst in people of like, look, just because you think he's nuts, don't lose sight of where we're going and what we're doing. I get it. You can disagree and that's fine, but don't, it's not like he's some exceptional level of corruption or evil that we've never seen before. Right. He's like par for the course. This is not abnormal. Yes, it's covered more, but if you're looking at this, you're not going to like what comes out of this standard being, being set. Because everybody's going to fall victim to it. Everybody is going to be eligible for impeachment. Impeachment's becoming a joke already. Yeah. And it, and yeah, they're going to impeach Biden on day one. Yeah, this is idiotic, too. Um, like I said, it's all theater. It's all theater at this point, and it's, it's sad. Like, it's like wrestling. It, yeah, that's a good analogy, actually. And it's, please don't blame that all on Trump, either. It's not, because both sides are guilty. No, he's just a symptom. Yeah, he's a symptom of a larger problem. And now the problem is it's actually exacerbated the, the problem because nobody wants to. Like, if you think that once Trump is gone, we're all going to sing Kumbaya and come together, you're nuts. And I hear it from people on the left saying, well, listen, I can't. After all we've dealt with, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for unity right now. And I hear from people on the right, like after they just trashed my guy and called me a racist for four years, you think I'm ready to come back and, and say unity? Like, maybe? Could we? Like, is that too much to add? Yeah, no, we're not doing that? All right, cool. Fair. Yeah, Fair like I said, I, you know, B Biden is not a unifying candidate. I just don't think so. I, again, I, you know. I don't know that we need a candidate to unify. Um, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Maybe everybody turns off their news. That could help. That'd be a um, great thing. But so let's turn this to from impeachment, which I think was, again. At best premature. For sure. And I, you know, so I think it's a, it's more, it's just a way to try to, to me, this is my, I don't think anybody ever thought that he was going to be removed from office as a way to hinder any future aspirations politically, whether or not he runs for office or whatever, whatever he does, anybody in his team runs for office or whatever. This is just a way to tarnish. further tarnish their existence so that, uh, any future, uh, again, aspirations are, are kind of, you know, covered with this. So, yeah, uh, but I don't know, like, you know, they're talking, I've, uh, maybe, you know, Mr. Lawyer, if he is impeached after Biden is the president, he's no longer the president. Does that even matter? I don't know. So I, I've heard both sides. Like I've heard people say it doesn't even matter that if he's impeached after. Right. I, we're to a point where we're three days away from this and we're still, you know, again, just doing everything we can to uh, scream that we don't like the color orange. So even if you wanted to do an impeachment, fine. Why are we not waiting for all of the facts to come out? Like the Capitol Police haven't even issued a report or an analysis of what happened. Well, you know why? Because he was going to be out of office in the 20th. There I was get not that. For exactly. But why, why rush this? Like, remember when it was more important to be accurate than it was to be first and immediate? Do you remember those days? Weren't they, weren't they glorious when it used to be seen as a virtue to have patience and go, wait, 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 wait. 
What are we doing? You got to get it on Twitter quick as possible. Yeah, like what is the upside to this? And then of all of the injustices, in case you were not sure, this was a farce and an absolute joke of a process. They named Eric Swalwell as the impeachment manager. He was one. I think it was like I don't know, eleven of them or something. I don't oh know. He's one of them. Oh yeah. my god! On. To name what him on this thing after he just got caught having an inappropriate relationship with an outed Chinese spy, and a pretty long-lasting one too. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, we should probably you know he's on the intel committee. That's probably dangerous. There should should we take ah. him off? Nah. <laughs> sure, it's fine. Oh, and we'll name him onto this prestigious post too of of all this. Like, oh." That's what we need. Great. Yeah, way to go, guys. Yeah, Every, like I said, it's, it. it's just it's just another part of the theater, right? It's just another actor. It's just all nonsense. So, um, I you know, I, I don't want to get into what we think a Biden administration is going to look like going forward here because who knows how long that's even going to exist. But um, not because of the impeachment, but because of other reasons. Um, not those reasons either. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Health reasons. I don't think he's going to make it. Um, awesome. So, so I don't know. Like I said, do, do we want to talk about the optics of his inauguration basically being the backdrop of sure. 25,000 National Guards troops and a fence and a helicopters and the Marines and whatnots go? I'm like, what are we doing? I, I got nothing. What are we doing? I don't know. For what is ultimately going to end up being like a virtual inauguration over Zoom? Right. Like, I... I don't know. I, I, I mean, it looks, it, it's, it can't look good to the rest of the world, right? It doesn't look good to us. Like, it's it's a terrible thing. All right, um, so I'm just going to throw this out there because this is who I am as a human being. I don't care what it looks like to the rest of the world about any issue. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying, like, we shouldn't consider it. But it's anybody who says that, like, well, how does this look in foreign countries? Like, I don't care. Well, okay, let me let me just, no, no, I'm, I'm, this is a pushback, but, like, when I see other countries and their militaries behind them, like it does make me think that they're like a, on the up and up, I guess is my point, right? Like if they're, if they're using their military as some kind of a signal as a backdrop, which I'm not sure this is necessarily, you know, I don't know if it's planned this way, but it's going to serve that way. It's got to make people like, okay, what the hell's going on over there? Sure. I get that. And I, I I do that because you can present anything. If we've learned nothing else over the last four years, you can present anything to say the message you want to say. Uh, and the media has done a tremendous job of that over these past four years in particular of insanity. Um, yeah, listen, I think it's it makes me uncomfortable for different reasons. It's just that the view, some guy in England or Ethiopia, what they think of it is like not, uh, it's not registering for me. But the Understood. same way that he shouldn't care what I think of their optics in their country. I don't live there. I'm not a part of it. I'm not well-versed enough to give a, an informed opinion on it. In this case, though, yeah, no, it's super uncomfortable. It's uh, it's really, it's really weird. I, I don't have a better way of describing it. It seems wrong that this is happening here. Uh, I've and look basically all it's going to do is whatever your bias already was it's going to confirm it you're going to say like on the left well you see what a threat that Trump has turned these cultists into and how dangerous the world is now and if you're on the right you're going to say well maybe if you need this much security to suppress the people and keep them away then this guy shouldn't the guy wasn't really elected anyway so whatever you already thought you're going to continue to think um and I, I don't really blame you because God only knows where the truth actually is at this point. We, we have no idea. I, I mean, if you're ready to say definitively there was absolutely no election fraud, I'm going to disagree with you. I think there is evidence of election fraud. Not saying it mattered, not saying it was the determining factor, but to say it and dismiss it outright, I think is incorrect at well, the same I, time. To your point, and I don't know what I'm going to cut you off, but no, no, so no. many people have these binary thought patterns, right? So it's, if it's not this, it has to be this other thing. Yes. And that's the problem because... There's always nuance to it. The truth always. is almost always in the middle. And yeah. and that's the, the exactly what I was just going to say. And look, there is evidence. Does that necessarily definitively mean that it happened and it was enough to, to swing the election over? No, I, I don't know that. You've gone to my head. Do I think it's more likely than not? Yeah, but I'm not looking to overturn the election over it because I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not at that point. I just look at it and think, look, I, and, and a lot of it is the cybersecurity stuff of, there's no good reason to connect these machines to a Wi-Fi. There's no good reasons why you have a proprietary um, algorithm counting votes. There's no reason to have a USB port plugged into these. What happened in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, was weird. 
I, like it, I, I don't care by any any standard you want to say it was weird how the exact same thing happened in those states and then those demographics went against the demographics from the other, entire country even what happened in georgia was weird i'm not saying again i'm not out protesting in the streets i'm not saying overturn it i'm looking at it and going yeah, I have somebody looks into that because yeah. that seems wrong. Like, yeah. there's a lot of smoke there for there to be absolutely no fire and this to all be on the up and up. That, that's my opinion. But similarly, and I'll, I, I don't know if this is uh, – there was this assertion that, you know, it was all Trump supporters at the Capitol and there was no uh, oh, instigators, right? So it's the same thing to me. It, it's not one or the other. It's not that there wasn't a bunch of Trump supporters doing vandalism and violence and doing shit that they shouldn't have been doing. There was. There was plenty of it. But to – for the DOJ and then the the media just to parrot it the next day, like there was oh there was no no evidence of Antifa involvement. I'm like uh, yeah there was. We watched it, so right. I don't understand the rush to just this binary narrative that you can't you know like I said I might get accused of of defending MAGA hats because I point out that okay well the DOJ was wrong here and you know I'm somehow I'm a I'm a Trump guy so. Um, Everything that's the, the I think this is some of the problem with with our current state of politics is that there is no engagement between the two lines, right? So like they only have their distorted, built up perception that is created within their bubble of the other side for both sides. So they ha- one side has this one bubble perceived, and the other side has this one bubble perceived. Nobody's ever outside of that bubble. I think I'm outside of both of those bubbles. I'm probably in my own for sure. But at yeah. least I see those other two bubbles and I can see them just being completely hypocritical every single day. And so I have no problem. I mean, I'm not sorry when I point out hypocrites on either side and it is what it is. But um, the consistency of the hypocrisy is what's impressive. Yeah, it's the normal. It's not the right. exception anymore. It is the norm. And it's right. how to, to your point on the uh, on the capital thing. Yeah. Look, look, you can acknowledge that Antifa was there and a part of it. And that still you can be opposed to what the, the MAGA people were doing there in the first place. That That's an okay position. Yeah, they're both, they're, all of them are idiots. Right. Right. So like, but just to say that one group of idiots wasn't there just to protect another group of idiots seems idiotic. So <laughs> it, so, it is idiotic. I mean, so it's so going to lead to bad things. Yeah. And so I, I we, we kind of went away from what I wanted to read, but I, I do wanted to read what I thought was a fair assessment of the situation at the Capitol. Uh, and this comes from Matt Kibbe. He's, uh, he does good work within the uh, liberty movement. So um, this is a tweet from him, uh, I don't know, a few days ago. It says, in nine days, we've gone from shirtless, unarmed dude wearing buffalo horns, breaching the inner sanctum of government, to shutting down and barricading most of D.C. enforced by 25,000 soldiers. From comical incompetence to sweeping authority and overkill government in a nutshell. Right? It is. <laughs> it is mind-boggling to see the reaction of this you know, nonsense. So right. I, I don't know what, you know, again, I don't know what the hell's going on in the rest of the world. There's a bunch of stuff that we're not well, going to get into today, but listen, um, even more troubling uh, before we dive yeah. into any of that, that, no, that might not. have to wait for another day, but yeah. that there's some weird stuff out there. Anyways, look, I've, I've seen it now where they came out and they were going to charge these people. There was a plan that said they were going to kidnap them and take them and execute them. So the media ran with that for like two days. And then the DOJ comes back out and says, well, actually there's really no evidence of that. Like I, I'm sorry, then how do you get that wrong? How do you put that out there via a press release and say this is what happened unless you are certain that that actually happened? Because they, they need the narrative immediately, oh and, they don't, and they don't care if it's wrong in two days because more people saw the initial narrative than the retraction. Right. So they, they, the narrative's out there regardless. They, they don't have to worry. They can retract it knowing they're going to retract it. Like, yeah, we'll just put it out there. If it doesn't come true, we'll just back it up. But we got, our, we, got our, we got the message we needed out there. Yeah, so now people are like, oh, these were domestic terrorists. No, yeah. I, listen, a, a handful, sure, probably, yeah. There's probably a handful there that were hell-bent on stupidity and insurrection. Yeah, prosecute sure. those guys. Yeah, absolutely. But to say everybody there, like, you see these Chuck Schumers, like, if they were there, go on and put them on the no-fly list. Like, what? Yeah, we're, this is, listen, I, you know, I, I mentioned this maybe on the day it happened to you when it was happening, is that I feel like this is going to lead to a Patriot Act 2.0, yep. and it's going to be basically domestic terrorist-focused, and that's going to put a bunch of people who were otherwise harmless, nonviolent people into a, a list of people who are going to be, you know, detrimentally impacted by their government. And, and the liberals will cheer. Yeah. Like, that's what's really sad about liberals all of in this. quotes. Cause yeah, obviously liberals goes in air quotes on that because this is insanity of 
I, I don't care on which side. Listen, I, I didn't take a strong stance on the BLM protests over the summer because it's the same thing of, like, look, I understand why you're protesting. I do. Listen, there were instigators in that too, right? Right. And so it, like, yes, there's bad people, but we shouldn't paint with such a broad brush. And we shouldn't paint say all of them are evil or all of them are bad. But look, you tell me that it was so awful that they stormed the Capitol building because now we're calling this the monarch to democracy or whatever. I hate that, st- that stuff, but fine. I mean, over, over summer, they literally protesters took over an entire area of a town. They burned, they tried to burn down federal buildings. They, they went after and, and destroyed cop cars, municipalities, burned down a police station. I, I, I'm sorry, but I think that was worse. Like, I think that was worse because even when, when the Brett Kavanaugh hearings are going on, people forget this. The protesters stormed the Capitol and they, they interrupted the session so that they couldn't get on with the business of the people's whatever. Like, it's all idiocy. It's all show. So I don't usually take a strong stance one way or another because I feel like, look, people feel like they have to do this because of some grave injustice. I don't have to agree. I don't have to disagree. As long as you're not actually causing harm and damage and hurting people, God bless you. If you cross that line, yeah, I'm not on your side anymore. You have to be held accountable for that. I'm sorry, but you do. And Even if I'm in full agreement with your cause... If you go and try to blow up a cop, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not with you anymore. Sorry, I'm, I'm firmly against that action. Doesn't make you a terrible person, but you made a mistake, and this is why I wouldn't go to protest, because you're asking for stupid problems. You should have went. I'm not going to a protest ever. <laughs> We're media. You, you are. Listen, I'm just here to offer. Are we going to cover the Super Bowl from Tampa? I mean, obviously. I'm going to get a press pass. We'll try that out. Um, no, nah, listen, for real, It's this is crazy. If you are so quick... To point out all of, like, if you are now calling for all of these protesters to be held responsible and all to the same level, you are no better than the people over summer saying that all the protesters should be arrested and that they're all thugs and commies and, and George, George Soros-led paid activists. Like, you, you are that person just on the other side. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, enjoy your the, moral superiority because it ain't going to last long. Yeah, this is just back to the binary thinking. If, you're, right. if it's not with us, you're, you're this other thing that we've created in our heads. So and This only ends badly because you hit the nail on the head earlier with what you said. Nobody's listening anymore. Of If you are really ready to say that anybody on this side of the aisle and assign negative – like, you're all racists, all of these people over here, or you're all idiots and sheep who can't see what's really happening, like – you're not listening anymore. You're not saying, instead of looking at it and saying, my God, 91% of the people who voted for Trump still think that was the right decision. This really is a cult. Stop. Instead of that, hey, that's about half the country. Let me go find one of these people and say, hey, listen, I don't understand why. And here's a good, you don't even have to ask somebody. There's all sorts of stuff all over the internet explaining it if you care to read it. And the same on the other side of, Joe Biden's China stuff and all those other dealings of, wow, that's really corrupt. Anybody who votes for him is obviously just a sheep and is not paying attention. Nope. Some, sure. Yeah, same on the right. Some are racist cultists who have no ability to think for themselves. Not most. Not most. So why don't you look at why people are voting for him and ask them and, and, and look at that a little bit deeper instead of going to the very surface level of, well, this is what I already think about him. This stat came out. Look at that. I was right again. All right. So let's wrap up anything on the uh, impeachment inauguration, Capitol, anything that you want to do before we go. I got some local stuff I wanted to ask you about. Do we want to talk about uh, the, the, the things that Joe Biden is proposing right now, or do we want to tie that in later? Let's, 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 do, a, let's do a Biden focused podcast next week, maybe on some of these plans. What do you think about that? It sounds depressing, but let's do it. All right. Well, let's end on an up note. Um, and talk about some local wins for some small businesses here in New York. So we've had two things that have happened since the last show, I believe. Um, in Erie County, we had uh, 30-something restaurants sued uh, New York State, basically saying, you know, orange zones are for losers, and we want to be a yellow zone or something like that. So, But they won, right? So now they are no longer... Um, subjected to orange zone uh, restrictions, they just get to abide by all the other restrictions at other restaurants, which are still r- ridiculous to me. But, um, but it's a win in a sense that it basically takes away the governor's ability to differentiate these zones without actually having scientific proof to back it up. So, like he's basically his micro cluster strategy or whatever the hell he's doing these days um, has been shown to be unscientific, and his zones that he's using to uh, <clears throat> isolate certain businesses or restrict certain businesses is no longer valid. So a win, um, you know, 
I'm sure that helped a bunch of people uh, for Bill's uh, weekend um, for some of these places getting back open and and, and so because some of these places in the Orange Zone were just closed, right? You're not allowed. You only take out only. So didn't help that much because the game was at eight fifteen. Sure, I know there's a ten p.m. curfew. I can't believe they didn't arrest all those Bills fans. Um, what the hell were they doing there past ten? Dangerous people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Raising also, money for a charity. And then also and also when we had. Um, I feel like it was actually a North Syracuse Cicero uh, billiards hall that might have been on the the lead um, plaintiff in the in the lawsuit, but uh, they were the last. Um, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Industry within the uh, bar entertainment kind of world that was unallowed to open, right? So like um, this darts and pool banning that came out of New York State was a way to, uh, I guess, limit gatherings somehow within these bar spaces. But they shut down all these pool halls, um, and again going to uh, pushing back on the governor's uh, arbitrariness of his uh, enforcement of these rules. Uh, these places were all allowed to reopen, basically saying, uh, hey, there's no reason for these places to be closed versus other places to close. There's no scientific reason for it. So we've had these two legal wins. Um, they're injunctions. So I guess we'll see what happens. I think they obviously there's still more to play out with those. Um, but I think it's progress in the right direction. You know, that coupled with our uh, some of our uh, most prominent Democrat leaders coming out saying we can no longer uh, keep these businesses locked down uh, and wait for a vaccine uh, change their tune since uh, midsummer. Um, but now are we seeing the unwinding, the ending, the, the, the something of this whole crazy COVID lockdown this? Not yet, but it's I mean, the beginning of the end. So, um, I mean, so I'd like to think that this could be the beginning, beginning of some momentum or a snowball or whatnot. So what else has to happen? Like it, I mean, I, we've been talking about this for months, so like, I don't know that we have the, the answer is not going to come out right here today. If we did, we're idiots for not knowing it for ten months. But <laughs> um, is is it is the way out just through the courts? No, the way out is not going to be through the courts. The way out is going to be through the politicians, the same ones who are currently keeping everybody down. So I think the reality is that if you look at how this has been reported on and how this has been done, my my guess, my my prediction is that. It's going to end. It should have already ended because the science does not support anything that we're doing. Um, but they can't do it now and let Donald Trump have the claim of, see, I told you guys to open up. Why did you do this? This was wrong. So they can't just concede. This is just the reality of politics. I'm sorry. Um, instead, what you're going to have is measures instituted by Joe Biden that are going to come through mass mandates and maybe a quick shutdown and it's going to be, we're going to wear a mask for a hundred days. And then they're going to silently continue to change the way they're doing PCR tests. And they're going to do more and more of the lateral flow tests. And they're going to change the cycle thresholds on the PCR tests or stop running them all together. Similar to what they did when the swine flu was out in 2009. Don't get us banned, Ben. Screw that. 2009 when they did the same exact thing and Biden and Obama said stop running these tests because they're inaccurate and the yeah, everybody gonna, said okay. you're gonna test us into a pandemic right and so now it's a it's the same thing of like look these tests are not meant to be a yes no it's meant to be that in addition to clinical diagnosis it's meant to confirm a clinical diagnosis meaning you saw symptoms then you ran the test and said okay it's more than likely COVID because you have symptoms and now you have the virus too that's how these tests are supposed to work. We're not using them right. But either way, my point has been these have been easy problems to fix all along. They could have they could have made these changes at any point. What is it so magically about last week that Andrew Cuomo suddenly looked at the numbers and the data? Because you got to look at the data and make the decisions based on that. What changed in the data? Nothing. Nothing changed. The data is, if anything, worse than it's ever been. Like, we're at a peak right now, and now is the time that we're going to reopen? No, the difference is that Joe Biden won, and he's going to get inaugurated next, this week. That's why he's saying it. Because now he's going to say, yeah, I said it even before Joe Biden was president, that we needed to reopen, because this is how politics work, and this is gaslighting. So Biden's going to come in, going to institute some nationwide rules, get some heavy stimulus pack passed and we're going to send out money to all the states and the localities we i don't know if we'll do a full shutdown or not we may to just you know 15 days to flatten the curve um again and then we're going to do a mask mandate even though definitively masks are having absolutely no impact on the spread of covid but nobody realizes that nobody cares and they want to argue with you anytime you point out that masks are having zero impact um 
And then it's going to be going so well, son of a gun, because we're going to change the PCR test. We're going to change how we how we diagnose. And it's not going to be like widely publicized that we're doing this, but it's going to happen. And so instead of 100 days of masks, we're going to end up with like 50. And then they can say, see, Joe Biden came in and he solved the pandemic and he saved everybody's lives. He's a hero. God bless him. God bless Joe Biden. So that's what's going to happen. I, I mean, that's that's the. That, you sound that very cynical, just for the record. After the last year of looking at all this COVID stuff, I don't know what else to be. Like, when I tell you there's no reason for this, I mean, there's none. Like, there there are effective treatments that are being used in other countries that we don't even talk about here, that we don't even think about. We don't – not only that, we ban them from being used. Like, this is insanity. The way we're testing is nuts. This has never been done. And there's a reason it's never been done. There's a reason the WHO came out over a month ago and said, you got to stop using just a PCR test to diagnose people with COVID. That was December 7th that that came out. What are we still doing? The exact same thing. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to give Donald Trump credit for anything because he put us into this problem in the first place by going along with all of this insanity for entirely too long. But we got to stop because it feels like at this point, this is just about Trump of, well, we got to make sure he looks bad and that he's this, that, and the other. And this is not good for anybody. Like, the number of businesses that have gone out of business is so sad. Like all of the, and, and it had no impact. Like I talked to a, uh, somebody that I know back in Buffalo last week who got COVID. He's about 64, 65 years old. Um, I asked him how he was feeling. He said he's feeling good, thankfully. You know, mild symptoms, not a bad case. I said, I'm really happy to hear that. Good. He's like, you know, I'm just so confused. Like we were so careful. We were We wore masks everywhere we went. We didn't go out to eat. We didn't go to large gatherings. We didn't. I just don't know how it happened. I mean, we were so careful. Like, the only thing we did is go to the grocery store. And we, even then, we wore a mask and washed our hands and everything else. And I'm listening and just going, all right. And, like, I, I, I like this guy. I genuinely do. And I, I fell for him. And I was like, listen, it's a virus. Like, you can do everything in the world. And it's, it's not going to stop you from getting it. So don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty. But then it made me think about this guy's life. For the, He's retired. Him and his wife both are retired. They've only gone to the grocery store for the last 11 months. Like, oh, my God, that's depressing. Right. And if it was working, if it was actually stopping this virus from spreading, I would say, okay, at least it's a cost worth paying. Well, we would know by now. You'd think. We would know by now if it was working. It's not. It's not working. No, and that's the that's my favorite argument to get into of like, well, at least the flu's down. Well, why is the flu down? Well, because everybody's wearing masks. Like, well, then why is COVID spreading? Because not enough people are wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I mean, I have looked endlessly and I have, you know, I've seen several different reasons why there is no flu and I don't, I don't know why there is not flu. My best guess based on all the research I've done is that it's a superiority of respiratory viruses where if you, you're not likely to have two widespread respiratory viruses at the same time and one of them's going to win out and become more common. That's right. my guess. I mean, some of it is, is, I mean, we're not really testing for the flu like we normally do either. Sure, so. but the other countries saw the same thing when they got COVID, that the flu dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, right. So I, so I think that, I don't think it's the testing, maybe the testing factors in, but I think the bigger factor is it, there does seem to be something to the one superior respiratory virus is going to beat the others and become the problem that infects humans. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but that seems to be the most likely. And the other thing about this that's been absolutely insane is, We've acted for now a year as if this is some virus that has no chance of acting like every other virus that has ever been similarly. It's, it's novel. a flu-like virus. Like, and for some reason, we're talking like, well, you don't know if you get it, we, uh, that immunity is not going to be as good as a vaccine. Not true. What? And, like, do we even know the vaccine gives you long-lasting and, and permanent immunity? Well, no, we, we didn't test that yet. And another person texted me, 35 years old, said, I got the vaccine. I can't wait to get to the second. I said, how are you feeling? Like, eh, it's a little bit off, but not bad. I just can't wait to have a 95% less chance of spreading the virus. And I stared at my phone. I was like, nope, not, you're not getting me. You're not sucking me into this. It's not a 95% fewer chance of spreading the virus. You have a 95% chance, less chance of having a symptomatic case. And that's generous because most of the tests were done on younger people who were unlikely to be symptomatic to begin with. So, like, the misinformation is incredible to witness in real time of how you can manipulate data and science to say whatever you want. The CDC still references a mask study on its website where the entire study was, if I cough without a mask on and not covering my mouth, but then I put a mask on and cough, 
where do the droplets go and which is further? Shockingly, the droplets went further when you didn't cover your mouth or put a mask on, and this is used as evidence to support masks. Like, that's the evidence? That's part of it. There's 13 other studies. Yeah, they're all about the same. It's what we have done for the last year. I I, I don't know. It, when they look back on this historically, there will just be utter confusion to the point of laughter. I, 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 hope, I don't... I, I mean, I say I hope because I hope this is not like perceived as some kind of medical miracle. And, you know, just we do this every four or five years when the next fucking bug comes out and all of a sudden we're in lockdown mask mode again. So, yeah, or it's going to be like every other SARS virus that has ever come, like sudden acute respiratory syndrome, like SARS-1 or SARS-CoV-2. And it's going to behave like every other one. And it's going to have a really, really high burn rate for about a year, maybe two. And then it's going to burn out. I'm not telling you that's guaranteed to happen, but if you were going to play the odds, that's what you put your money on. But hey, at least we got remdesivir that has no impact on mortality and a vaccine that doesn't stop you from spreading the virus. Way to go, scientists. Progress. All right. And I'm happy all this stuff is there. Let me be clear. It's a modern miracle of what we have done with the technology and the science. It is incredible. It's the ignoring of all the other things that should have been good news for people, that should have been reasonably intelligent and easy to figure out, that we have just ignored at the expense of just these two things. That's my issue with it. I'm glad we have those, but we shouldn't have ignored everything else and scared the crap out of people for 10 months unnecessarily. That was insanity. All right. Well, like I said, hopefully some of these lawsuits um, pick up some steam and, and, you know, I don't know, maybe we get some uh, local politicians to uh, step up and uh, kind of push back against the state's mandates and restrictions, and uh, we, we get out of this sooner than later. But um, anything else you'd like to leave the folks with, Mr. Hughesong? No. No? Just build doors at your house? <laughs> with the yeah. kids? Okay. I'm going to build my other, my next barn door soon. All right. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for joining us another uh, week here. We... Uh, uh, appreciate your uh, uh, patronage, uh, if that's the thing. Um, sure. But please like, share, subscribe, all the uh, things that we need you to do on social media. Uh, we will be back here again uh, Monday. Maybe we'll discuss uh, your boy Biden's uh, grand plan. The I'm Great excited. Reset, I think he calls it. I, listen, God, is that what he calls it? I don't dark know. Dark reset. Calls it. The great reset. The winter reset. It's not the dark. It's not winter. The dark is winter reset. It's uplifting, and everybody's oh. going to finally win. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in.